Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler fans, and welcome to another wonderful edition of Bobcat Radio. I'm your host for this Monday morning, and I'm alongside my co-host, Ryan Liguez. And we got a wonderful show for you today and a jam-packed episode covering some teams that have wrapped up their seasons and others just beginning. But before we get to that, let's talk to Ryan Liguez from a word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos. Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. Oh, stumbled there at the end. Thank you so much, Ryan. No, you're perfect. Guys, like I mentioned, we're going to get right into some teams that have finished their season. And one season that has finished their regular regular games, that is the Texas State Volleyball Team as they finished up their season against a team that actually put them into a good position. I mean, they were playing two games that were went all the way into five sets, and that was the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. The Texas State Bobcats did win those games 3-2, to two, both sets Thursday and Friday. Ryan, there was plenty to see from this. Emily DeWalt's performance is just making many teams scared because now this team is going into the Sunbelt Conference tournament, tournament red hot. Yeah, and I mean, you know, before, you know, when she would score or she would have, you know, 30-something assists in a game, we'd be like, okay, that's good numbers. Now she's averaging like 40 assists, it seems, every game, you know, 50, 51 on Thursday. So, you know, she's, you know, she's continually to put up numbers, which is good to see, especially going into the Sunbelt Conference Championship. And uh, I don't know if you said, did you say who they might be playing on Friday? So they will be playing the winner between App State and Louisiana, and that'll be Friday, November 18th. Since the Bobcats have done so good, they clinched the number one seed in the West Division, meaning they don't have to play that first round. They got the, you know, the week by. So that's pretty good for them. And there's plenty to say about this team. I mean, in that 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 matchup they had against the Chanticleers this past week, you know, that was the first time Sean Hewitt has had two back-to-back five-set games since 2018. So this this was a battle for them to have, and they're ready for teams like JMU, which they faced during the regular season, and that was a tough matchup. So with Emily DeWalt doing those assists, and now we have players like Jacqueline Lee, who had 23 digs against the Chanticleers, and that actually ties the most for a sophomore in a regular game. Yeah, and, you know, it's good to see also, you know, Jada Gardner and uh, Janelle Fitzgerald, you know, on Friday, uh, she, uh, Janelle, or, sorry, <clears throat> Fitzgerald, she had 19 kills. Gardner had 18. And usually when it comes to games like this where, like, one of them has, you know, 19, almost close to 20 kills, the other one will probably have maybe, like, 10 or 11. But to see them both at the same level in terms of kills is really showing how offensively and how good their attacking is. 100%. And you, you mentioned player, there's players like Jada Gardner who, you know, had that you mentioned Jada Gardner. He, she had a double-double of herself, 18 kills and 12 digs. And that's the first of this season for her. And it's the third in her two-year career here at Texas State. So it's just amazing to see that these players, they they took this message. If you look at the, the post-game notes from this game, Sean Hewitt said, what if JMU wins? What if JMU wins? And they took that fuel into that matchup because they're fearing JMU. They're thinking of JMU in that tournament. That's the only team that could possibly knock them out of it if you you watched that series in Strahan Arena earlier this season. I mean, it was a close one. Um, so this Sun Belt tournament, as I mentioned, is going to be going on, and it's going to be in 
I believe, Foley. And it's it's going to be not in here in Texas, not in San Marcos, Texas. All the way um, in Alabama. All the way in Alabama. But you can definitely catch that on ESPN+. Plus. The Bobcats won't be playing to the quarterfinal round, and that will be Friday, November 18th. So be on the lookout for that time, for that start of game. But we're going to mention a team that just finished their season, their regular season, and their playoffs, and that is the San Marcos Rattler football team, a team that many players, many people were unexpected to go to the playoffs. This this season was not their hottest season, and they played against the Brandeis, I mean, what was it, Brand, Brandeis. Brandeis Broncos, yes, and they lose that game. Was it 27 to 14, I'm correct, yes, Ryan? Yes, sir. Yes, so, Ryan, what are your thoughts on this season for this Rattler team? I know they put it all in, you know, to beat East Central High School to be able to get into this playoff picture. What did you see from the Rattlers in this one? You know, actually, we saw a lot, and they actually, I think, went above the expectations that people had set on this game. You know, getting into the playoffs was something that was that people thought they weren't going to be able to get into, and then they found their way in there. So that was already something that you already beat. You already beat the odds on that. Now, you know, going into this game, like, okay, you see the Brandeis Broncos. They're 9-1 and one or something. Like, they're, 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 a t- they're a stacked team. So, you know, you're just going to go in there, you know, just say you made it to the playoffs and, you know, just kind of call it a night. Well, they it was 27-14, to 14, like you said. I think uh, we talked about it. There was only one opponent that the uh, the Broncos and the Rattlers shared in the season, and we beat them maybe by, like, 20-something points, and the Broncos beat them by, like, 30 or 40 points. So they blew them out. So everyone thought it was going to be, you know, they're a good team, and, you know, against the Rattlers, like, would ha- they'd have no shot. But they held them to 27 points, which is something you don't see the Broncos get held to that much. So I think it was good for them – to uh, go out there and they played their best brand of football that they could. They really did. And if you meant, if you look at the personnel on this squad, this football team, you know, players like Isaiah DeLeon, you know, one of the leading receivers, he's averaging around 122 yards per game. And you look on the other side of that coin and you look at J.R. Evans, who was averaging 167 yards a game. So there was some similarities here. And, you know, Isaiah DeLeon, he was averaging 195 passing yards in a season. I mean, this season. So he's doing really great things. So the Rattler team, you know, there was some controversy, some drama early in the season that many things up in the air. They were unsure of it. They had to go into a playoff picture with, you know, a different coach than they uh, they were not expecting. They had their head coach had to sit down. They had their defensive coordinator up in that position, and they did pretty good. And, and for you to face that adversity and to be able to respond with a playoff berth, that's pretty great. And that's something that the seniors are taking pride in. They wanted an opportunity to play in the playoffs. That's what every football player wants, especially if you're a senior in high school. And they know that they had to just play the rest best brand of football and unfortunately they don't get the win here but there's a lot of momentum going into next season but guys we're going to take a quick little break here don't touch that dial stick around for a while we got more bobcat and Ra- uh, bobcat and national sports on the other side of this one you listen to bobcat radio on ktsw 89.9 hi there hello and welcome back to bobcat radio this is your host and producer justin brown alongside my co-host the amazing ryan liguez now if you woke up this morning and you looked at the weather outside it might be dreary and shady and sad outside and that may be because of some recent news that happened last weekend the bobcat football team is no longer eligible for a bowl game i know the tears are rolling down my face as i speak it's a sad moment for bobcat fans um, because they lost 38 to 21 against the south alabama jaguars there's so much to say you know about this season so far and and it can be you know in this performance against the jaguars you could say this is really what many fans were not expecting. I mean, not wanting to occur. And if you look at this, I mean, I'm going to throw it to Ryan first so he can get his thoughts out. I could talk about my little factoids (laughs) I have as usual. We'll say the factoids for the end and amazing. Wow, man, you make me blush. Um, (laughs) No, but yes, like you said, the the Bobcats are no longer bowl eligible. They needed to win the last three games of the season. 
Fortunately, they weren't able to do that. They fell 38-21 to 21 against the uh, South Alabama Jaguars. And this was, you know, this game was just kind of, you know, same old, same old Bobcats. Uh, they were down 17-0 at the half. And, you know, at towards the end, you, you were kind of like, oh, maybe, maybe, you know, they scored a... They scored their 21 points in a half, and then, you know, when you got to that fourth quarter to the end of it, you're just kind of like, oh, you're sitting on your seat like, oh, can we just get this one turnover? Can we just do this one thing, and then maybe we can get ourselves in it? And then, you know, they, we let them score, and then it was like, okay, now let's see if we can get a point on the board. And then Lane Hancher threw a pick six, and then you're kind of like, okay, that's the nail in the coffin. That's it. You know, this was, you know, and, you know, going into this game, this was going to be a tough game. You know, South Alabama is a great football team, you know. You were where everyone was kind of like, you know, if we could win this, this would be, you know, ecstatic. We just would be amazing because then you'd feel like, OK, then maybe we can go three, you know, because, you know, against Arkansas State, who were playing this weekend, you know, that's more of a manageable game. But again, you know, the Bobcats, some game, anything that you think is manageable is probably not manageable. Yes. And, you know, you look at the history of the Bobcats and playing in Mobile against the South Alabama Jaguars and you look and the Bobcats are 0 and 4 when they're going away to Mobile. So, you know, there was a lot of historical pressure on that. I, I always like to look at the history between these two teams and seeing what they would do. And the Bobcats here, unfortunately, another factoid you can get is that the Bobcats, you know, this is the first time they've had an opponent have five or more fourth down conversions in a game since October 4th of 2014. So, you know, the defense, it just shows that the defense is definitely exhausted out there, not able to prevent a team from getting a fourth down conversion. I don't even know why South Alabama went for four of those, <laughs> you know, as me as a coach, I wouldn't do that, but um, I'm not a coach. So, you know, <laughs> that's why, um, but yeah, no, it just, it, it there's going to be a lot of momentum going into this next game. They're not eligible for a bowl anymore, but they're playing against a team that has the same exact record. And that is the Arkansas state red Wolves. It's going to be the whiteout game. And Ryan, as you mentioned, there's a lot riding on this. There's some familiar faces from Arkansas State that are here at the Texas State University now. And what are those what are those faces and names? Oh, well, our starting quarterback, Lane Hatcher, our what you could call a starting quarterback, Lincoln Perry, and then our president, uh, Damphis, he they all came from Arkansas State. So this is a game they probably marked on their calendar early in the season. Like, okay, we have got to do good at this game. This is a show that, you know, we left Arkansas State. And we can, but we came over here and we will win. Yes, I mean the you you talk about these two these three familiar faces. Lane Hatcher leaving this team. There's a lot of sentimental value for him, and and you know Lincoln Perry. He transferred to Texas State from Arkansas State. And if you look at this history between the teams of Arkansas State and the Texas State Bobcats, you know it, it it's actually let's let's pull it up here, right now. They're, they're three and six. So the Bobcats, out of the nine matchups they've had against the Arkansas State Red Wolves, they've lost three of them. I mean, they've only won three of them. And if you look, they're on a two-game winning streak against this team. They won last time, November 27th of 2021, and that was a 24-22 to win for the Bobcats. So there is some historical value here. This team, Jake Spavadol, does have experience against playing, this, playing against this Red Wolf team. And this is a team without Lane Hatcher now. He has Lane Hatcher. So <laughs> it's going to be really interesting to see what Jake Spavadol can do. And I think Dampus is definitely going to have have to come out and make this show his face i mean it is his old school i know he's gonna probably wear i don't know both colors we'll see what he does but yes we have to talk about another team though i'm just cutting it short because Texas state football i'm kind of upset about the bowl eligibility <laughs> being gone and i don't know I, I just don't know how to feel about it 
But I will tell you about a team I'm excited about, and that is the Texas State women's basketball team. I am a huge fan of this women's team, a team that has, you know, Kennedy Taylor, Jada Reed, Tiana Eaton. You can't even talk about it, but let's just go straight into the score here. They won 75 to 70 against the Sam Houston Bearcats. Obviously, this is a non-conference game, but there's just it just shows how they can respond. Kennedy Taylor dropping, I think, 21 points in this one to put her team on her back. And that's someone that's usually being in the assist leading for this team, someone that's in the steel leading for this team. She's the minute leader for this team two years in a row. Ryan, what are your thoughts on this women's team and how they're responding so far? I think this was a great win for them. And, you know, I was, you know, on Twitter, you know, they were updating us and they said, you know, oh, uh, take stage down, you know, this many points in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, they were able to bounce back, come back. Uh, I'm attributing most of that probably to Kennedy Taylor and her 21 points. And but, you know, this is just a great win for the Bobcats. And, you know, the go uh, they're two and oh now on the, earlier in the season. So, you know, it's kind of good to get this great this good start in the beginning of the season because I'll kind of cement how you might do later on and get a good uh, a good start. Oh, 100 percent. You look at the statistics in this game. You look at the meat and potatoes of it. What I like to look at Kennedy Taylor. She had, you know, 21 points. That's four of six from three point land, seven for 14 overall from the field so she's shooting 50 percent you got tiana eaton she's doing great six for 15 and she had 12 points of her own and then you look at the next leader in that that's taylor pruitt three for seven on the field and she had 10 points of her own and two of those were three pointers this team not afraid to shoot it from beyond the arc if you've seen how this women's team played against howard Payne university last week they definitely were splashing those threes so the women's team is not going to change it up especially playing against the bearcats and you know kennedy taylor puts them on their back and takes them out of there Another basketball team. Another basketball team had their performance over the weekend against Rhode Island, uh, way far up north. I don't know if there's snow up there. I bet there is by now. <laughs> but the Bobcats didn't let that cool them off. They won seven to seventy to sixty-six against Rhode Island, and now you you have to think about their next game, which is going to be against UTSA. Ryan, what is your thoughts on this basketball team, and how are they going to respond against the Roadrunners? Oh man, well. Even if they had lost this game, they were going to come out. They're going to come out hot against those those UTSA Roadrunners. I mean, I thirty five rivalry. Anything versus the Roadrunners is a big game for Texas State. Don't matter who it is, what sport, it's going to be a big game. But going back to this Rhode Island game, I mean, Mason Harold twenty six points. You know, we've said many times, you know, he is the leader of this team, and to see the leader of your team play very well is very good for this team, and it's very motivational. And you know, this is just you no, know, <clears throat> sorry. This is just a team, and, you know, they're just going. And, you know, they've been putting up big numbers. They're scoring. And that's just, like I said, with the women's basketball team, that's just something that's good to see in the beginning of the season. You know, it kind of helps you cement your lineup a little bit to see, okay, this team is able to put up this many points in the beginning of the season, went beat these kind of players. Especially a team like Rhode Island, you know, not conference, not really near you. You don't really – I don't know if you can pull up if they ever played them before. But you know to win against not. yeah they're probably not to win up to win against a team like that first time don't know who they are, you know it's a good thing to see. Oh yeah, they're playing against a team that's in the Atlantic Ten Division, and you know this is uh, if you look at the stats from this game, Mason Harrell's obviously their leader here. You know he had twenty six points of his own, but you have to mention Brandon Davis, the transfer from Loyola University. He put his mark on this game with fifteen points, and that's you know seven from nine from the field. He only missing two shots and. One of those misses was a three-pointer, so he's doing great. And then you look at Tyrell Morgan. I don't know if y'all know Tyrell Morgan, but if you check the Texas State men's basketball team Instagram and you see that guy jump in the air from the free-throw line and dunk it down like MJ, that's <laughs> something you want to see in person. 
Um, so you definitely need to check out the Bobcats next game because their next game is going to be away, though. So you want if you wanted to go see it, you'd have to drive to San Antonio. And that's against the UTSA Red Runners, as I mentioned, at 7 p.m. And I did forget to announce the, the next game for the women's team. I cannot forget my women's basketball team here, guys. I'm going to have to step back a little bit. The Arlington Baptist, they're going to be playing against Arlington Baptist next. Uh, well, actually, tomorrow. tomorrow. It's Tuesday. Yes, at 7 p.m. at home in Strahan Arena. So definitely be sure to come out and support your women Bobcat basketball team as they're going to be doing that and they're going to be playing hard against them. And you definitely have to check out the men's basketball team if you can. If you go down to San Antonio, the Roadrunners and them, that's a great rivalry. It's a rivalry I wish was at home, Ryan. I think you wish the same and uh, it's just going to be interesting to see. Yeah, no, every every UTSA game I've seen here at Texas Stage has always been electric. You know, like I said, it's, it's a rivalry and so, you know, we want to or they want to prove that they own I-35 over UTSA. So it's always a good thing to see. Yes, 100%. Now, we're going to take a step back from Hayes County, San Marcos area. We're out of Texas area now. We're going to talk about some national sports. And if you were sitting on a couch last night watching football or last afternoon, you definitely may have watched the Buffalo Bills and the Minnesota Vikings have one of the most exciting games of the regular season so far. The Minnesota Vikings with Kirk Cousins squeak out a win 33-30 to against the Buffalo Bills. Ryan, you were talking about this game, a game that we've seen that Josh Allen did great. I mean, he did, did both players did, both the quarterbacks here did great. They both threw over 300 yards. But unfortunately, a loss at overtime for the Bills. What are your thoughts on this matchup and this just rival this this between these two teams in general? Well, I mean, this is just huge for the Vikings. I mean, they were seven and one going into this game, and everyone was basically saying they were the worst seven and one team you've ever seen. I mean, they they've been like they they beat teams that are terrible, and they win teams they win against teams that are kind of like okay. They haven't really played a bona fide big you know big league team, and so when you know they're playing the Bills. And, you know, leading up to this game, it was kind of like, oh, it's just going to be another win because Josh Allen wasn't supposed to play this game. He was hurt. And so it's going to be Case Keenum, someone who's also, you know, started for the Vikings. He got that big uh, big touchdown uh, with uh, De- uh, Stephon Diggs back in the playoffs a couple years ago. But, you know, so it, it was going to look like, you know, just another win for the Vikings and then Josh Allen in the, before the game said, you know what, I can play, I can do it. And you saw that on the field. I mean, he was running hard. He ran for, he had like a 20-yard run, a rush, and he just put his shoulder into the defender. You're just kind of like watching the game. You're kind of like, oh, Josh, Josh, you know, slow down, slow down. You don't want to get hurt. Like, we get you can play, but don't do that. But like you said, both these uh, quarterbacks played very well, both over 300 yards, both had a touchdown, both had two interceptions. I think the run game was one of the biggest things for for, uh, the Vikings. I mean, uh, what do you call it? Cook had 119 yards and a touchdown. Singletary only had 47 yards. He had two touchdowns, though. But, you know, Dalvin Cook, I mean, he's a a big man. He's a hard man to stop. And, you know, give it up to Greg Joseph, the kicker for the Vikings. I mean, he got them into that overtime. He was kicking field goals. Bass, the kicker for, uh, uh, sorry, for the Bills, got him into overtime. I mean, this is when you kind of know a – Kickers are people too, man. They get you into the places you want to be. So that's kind of my little gist of the game. Just both great brand of football overall. And, you know, forgot to say, Jay Jetta, Justin Jefferson, arguably had the best catch of the year of all time. They're comparing it to OBJ's catch against the Cowboys. I mean, 
I don't know if you saw it, Justin, but it was an incredible catch. I didn't, but that's Ryan telling everyone to pull out their phones and look at Justin Jefferson's catch because the man went off. He had 193 yards, and you mentioned Josh Allen with that that good rushing play. He had 25 yards on that rushing play. Did not know Josh Allen became a running back overnight, but apparently he did, and he had a total of 84 rushing yards for himself. So that's great to see from any quarterback. But I'm sorry he's not Daniel Jones. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> give him that because I'm a big Daniel Jones fan. Uh, but also another NFL game that I kind of want to touch on because we do have time for it and it's cowboy country out here so a lot of fans want to talk about it including Ryan who was watching this game and may have heard some angry fans above him last night but hey what was what happened Uh, you know you're playing against the Packers they lost five straight games what happened why did Dak Prescott not get it done what was what what happened Ryan let it out it's a safe space okay this is my therapy uh, so basically, they just Cowboys were not able to finish that game. They had a 14-point lead, 28 to 14. You know, they had the lead, and you know, to any other team, it's like heck yeah, that's it. Woo, it's party, celebrate, do whatever. And then the Cowboys' offense just kind of stalled, and the Packers' offense just kind of exploded. Watson, a wide, a young wide receiver, rookie wide receiver who didn't really get much pay, playing time or catches in the majority of this season. Went off for, I think, 140 yards, three touchdowns. That kid just exploded. I was very mad because I could have picked him up for my fantasy team this week, and I didn't. But <laughs> it's neither here nor there. But, you know, this game was just – and, you know, it's another thing, too. You know, doesn't matter the record between both of these teams. doesn't matter who has the most wins. If it's Cowboys, Packers, they're going to bring their A game. It's kind of like Texas State and UTSA. They're going to bring their A game. And that's what we saw. I guess Rodgers turned back the clock, realized he knew how to play because – he played like it was the playoffs in 2018 against us, you know, and it comes down to field goals always with these with these teams, it seems. Yeah, and, you, you know, you think about, I, I mean, I was looking at this game before it happened. I'm thinking, okay, I think Aaron Rodgers is it's getting it's getting to his time. And you, you say the same thing about Tom Brady, you know, recently got divorced. Uh, what, sorry to <laughs> diss him out on that, but five and five so far for the Buccaneers. And now the, the Packers get a win and they're trying to get back up there. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers MVP candidacy is even a conversation this year. Definitely Josh Allen, maybe. Or, you know, Daniel Jones, you know, for the Giants. That <laughs> this beat. was probably Rogers' best game of the season. I'm, that's what it looks like. Yeah, I, I, I don't, it was it was in Lambeau, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he had to put something on for the fans. You know, and I wanted to give a quick little, just I'm going to spit some, uh, some scores for the college football scene before we transition into some NBA, and then we'll be out of here. But I just wanted to throw up some scores. Number one, Georgia crushed Mississippi State. If any of you, one of y'all were watching college football this weekend, I'm just going to throw some at you. They beat Mississippi State 45-19. to We saw number two, Ohio. Ohio State cruise past Indiana 56 to 14. Number three, Michigan dominated Nebraska 34 to 3. And I have to mention the biggest game that anybody was watching college football. We know our own JP Flanagan was actually at this game, and that was TCU versus Texas. And the number four TCU picked up an impressive win. This team's 10 and 0. They beat the Texas Longhorns 17 to 10, and now they clinched their Big 12 championship berth. So that's just very exciting. Any last thoughts on those college scores or anything like that, Ryan? Well, you know, just going to TCU, I mean, credit to them. I mean, even going into this game, 9-0, and they were still an underdog to Texas. And, you know, 17-10, to you know, some people look at that and like, okay, well, both teams were just bad. I think both teams were just really good, and it was just kind of a stalemate between the two. But, 
you know, yeah, just going back to that 17 and uh, that 17 to 10 win. You know, I'm a Texas fan, and even you know, even you know, just to see TCU at 10 and 0, it's just good to see. It's a big thing for the Big 12 right now. 100. percent I see TCU, and when that game was on, I was actually bowling. <laughs> Very <laughs> weird to mention, but you know, leisure sport guys. You were really uh, trying to make sure that Texas State would get to the bowl game by bowling. Yeah, you're, see, you're that, putting the vibes out. See, I'm glad Ryan understands my motive there. But uh, yeah, no, just a great game for TCU. Got to give them their credit. Love watching this team. I'm excited to watch them in the championship. Now. I have to mention some hoop news. There was big news. The closest someone's got to a quadruple double in the past, you know, 20 years since Akeem Elijah one has done it. And that was Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is that starting center for the Philadelphia 76ers. And that squeaked out a 105-98 win. But let's get into the meat and potatoes. Let's talk about the score. Joel Embiid had 59 points on 11 rebounds, eight assists, and seven steals. And he was only missed nine shots from the field. But I will mention he did have 20 free throws, which is something I always like to mention about Joel Embiid. Um, also another surprising score that I have to bring up and that's Darius Garland Darius Garland that point guard for your the what your Cleveland Cavaliers I don't think anyone here from Cleveland is is listening <laughs> but if you are go that's great for you the Cleveland Cavaliers though took a five-point loss against the Minnesota Tim, Minnesota Timberwolves and that was 51 points from Darius Garland he did that 16 for 31 percent from the I mean 16 for 31 from the field so some great numbers from these two NBA players, Ryan. I know you haven't met the NBA season's just starting, but Ryan, what is your favorite team to pick out of the season this year? If you could have go for any team, what is your team, Ryan? Ooh, that's a tough one. Just nah, one man. team. What's your favorite team, Ryan? Oh, Who do you want to oh, see win? Oh, oh, I'm just trying I, to I pick your brain Spurs, here. Now. I want to see the Spurs win so bad. It's tough. To, uh, it's a tough thing, but you know, I want them to win. That's my team right there. I definitely think you're slightly biased on that, Ryan. <laughs> I, I I may deal with you being from San Antonio if you are. Is that correct, Ryan? I'm from the Valley, so we're basically from okay, San Antonio. Okay, so <laughs> I'm actually incorrect so maybe i'm just wrong now let's talk about some weather yeah let's go straight into that because we're almost out of here and i know many of you are looking outside at this weather and thinking oh gosh are we in seattle nope you're still in san marcus don't what, what worry. does your trusty dusty weather app tell my you my trusty dusty weather app tells you that today you know the rain chance is gone it's going down but it's going to be the highest at noon and that's a 24 percent chance for you know, at the hour of noon. But let's talk about today, tomorrow, and the next few days. Today, the high is 60. The low is 40. That low is not going to hit you till the nighttime, so don't worry. Tuesday, tomorrow, we have a high of 57 and a low of 40, and there's only a 6% chance of rain. Don't worry about it. Wednesday, high of 59, a low of 38, and there's only a 3% chance of rain that day. Thursday, high of 59 and 36, and a low of 40 and a high of 59 on Friday. So, it's going to be a chilly week. It's a lot chillier than last week. I'm not going to tell you to bring a jacket because of rain. I'm going to tell you to bring a jacket because it's cold. And you might want to bring a beanie and some gloves, depending on how cold you get. I know us Texans do get a little chillier than often. But, yes, this was just an amazing show. I want to thank my co-host, Ryan Ligas, for hopping on. This was Justin Brown. Make sure and follow KTSW Sports and KTSW 89.9 on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, wherever you can find us. This episode of Bobcat Radio will be on Spotify. You can definitely check us out there on Bobcat Radio on Spotify and SoundCloud. But this was Justin Brown, and I had the amazing Ryan Ligas. We want to hope you have an amazing Monday. Stay warm, stay dry. And also get back to the other side of radio, which we'll do that for you. You're listening to Bob. This was Bobcat Radio. Let's get you back to the other side of radio.